Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Uh, when I had my first near-death experience, I mean, I was living a pretty standard life for a suburban kid in, in uh, you know, San Francisco area, basically. And, you know, skiing on the Squaw Valley Mountain, a really well-known ski resort outside Lake Tahoe. And it took a very bad fall and fractured my spine and on impact. And, and then what I remember is that everything went dark right away, but I still had an observing self. You know, it wasn't an ego, I don't think. It was just observing consciousness. Things were dark, but I was just watching this. I wasn't the least bit worried. And then I started moving away from uh, my body. Uh, I could see my body on the ski slopes. Things started to lighten up at that point. I had the, you know, the light came back on, if you will. Uh, I could see the ski area, Lake Tahoe. Then, you know, Colorado Rockies, continental US, and I was moving quickly away, enamored by the whole experience. You know, no pain, like I said. And then as I was taken up in the, in the beauty of it all, I was watching a life review that was of my life up to the first 17 years of my life that was being played back to me really in the background. I mean, I was kind of, you know, there's multiple things happening, but I was enjoying looking at the galaxy, uh, just at peace, really like I said, enthralled. And then I noticed this whole life review was going on and I was, I, my attention focused on that. And I was like, wow, they're, they're, there's, this is my whole life in detail and focusing on how my actions in particular influenced other people. So it was a real lesson in karma and not a, not a pleasant lesson either because the things that really stuck out was, you know, the times when I was unkind or selfish or mean or what have you. Uh, and I learned that everything matters. Uh, and so in the, as I was going through that, at some point, once again, all this thing, stuff happened simultaneously. I then found myself in this tunnel of sorts and in the distance I could see a light. And at first the light didn't mean a whole lot to me, but then as I got closer to the light, it got, you know, not that much closer. I was still pretty far. I realized, oh boy, I'm dying. And then I, then I had a whole nother download of realizations, which is I've been here before. And I, and I was, and not just once or twice, like I think hundreds, maybe thousands of times. So it was very familiar to me. And I was, then I felt emotion uh, arise within me that expressed, I don't want to die. I didn't complete what I came to this incarnation to do. I don't want to die. At that point, I was uh, pleading with God, if you will, because I grew up Catholic. As I looked at the light, it was clear to me that that's where the power was. <laughs> you know? uh, and uh, and it, was a, it was a lovely, you know, suasive, if you will, alluring, um, pulsating light. And I was just seeing a piece of it. By no way would I claim that I saw the whole, you know, I, I'm, I could just see, oh my gosh, I'm just getting a sense for this light and this thing's enormous. 
and so finally I'm in the light and I'm stopped in the light and I'm more blissed out and comfortable in a certain way, but I'm still agitated in, in another way. Like I want to go back. You got, I can't, I can't leave this life. I don't, I've already done 17 years. I don't want to go back and do another childhood. It's like, you know, I was kind of really working it in my mind. And it's in some really specific details about what I did and did not want. So I don't know how long I was up there pleading, but it, it wasn't that long. And I felt a, then I felt a gentle push on my, on my bean, if you will. And I started heading back. At first, I just thought I was being pushed out of the light. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. Uh, then he, then that, that, that light, God, if you will, said, uh, make something of your life. And that was it. And it was a very solemn, direct, clear message, you know, and, and I got, and it kind of shook me up, like make something of my life. What does that mean? And then I started moving back, uh, you know, kind of moving back towards at that point, I didn't know what I was moving towards, except I had a sense that, Oh, I am going back. And I, as I turned my vision away from the light and started looking back to where I thought was earth, I could see nothing. I mean, I was just gazing into a beautiful galaxy. There was no earth in sight. Uh, but I realized I was being pulled along in some way, uh, guided. It was a more of an energetic feeling of gravitational pull. And I just went with it. And somebody realized, oh, there's some, there's some, some force guiding this. So eventually I could see planet earth and then, you know, ski area. Then I landed in my body. And uh, I remember when I landed in my body, I felt the coldness of the snow because I was covered in snow on my back. And but I had no feeling in my body. And then I screamed one last time. I don't know if it was an, it was, must've been an internal scream. I think I know now as I think about it, it was an internal scream, you know, um, don't let me be paralyzed. God, don't let me be paralyzed. And, and then I felt feeling come back into my body from the extremities first, like from my feet and toes and fingers. And they just got to move back into the center of my body. I can't remember if it was that way or the other way. Anyway, but it was like moving across my body. Um, like you're under a warm shower, mm -hmm. that type of sensation. And I didn't think of, after that, I came, you know, got back in my body and then I opened my eyes. Um, I was covered in snow. My friend John came up to me, said, wow, that was a wipeout. And I forgot about the experience for a decade. Really? Yeah, I just didn't. I mean, I think I remembered in dreams uh, and such. I know I did. I know I remembered it in dreams and went back. In fact, the first few nights afterwards, I was dreaming quite a bit about it. And uh, But I didn't, you know, 17-year-old kid you know partying and you know athlete you know i was an athlete and that's that was my first you know what i would call um spiritual experience in a, in a really in a, in a personal way uh, i mean i have those religious experiences and things like that you know when you i grew up catholic and you know i i wouldn't say that i had a particular calling to uh, at that time to you know roman catholic um, spirituality in a certain way. I was more like, I liked the goodness, the morals they taught. I mean, that, that they were, that they were being taught, but I didn't have any spiritual experiences per se. That was the really, the first one. I didn't even know what to do with it. In fact, I wouldn't even call it a spiritual experience until over a decade later. I didn't even know I had it until, uh, I actually had a second near death experience in 20, when was it? I must've been 13 years after 
yeah, it was 1992. I was 30 years old. Yeah. And uh, that was just an ICU experience, blood imbalance, idiopathic thrombocytopenia, you know, kind of a hemophiliac condition. And I went into the ER and they immediately did a blood test, put a fall alert on me. And next thing I know, I wake up and I'm on top of a ceiling somewhere. Now, I know it's an ICU. Once again, I am this observing consciousness, um, whatever, with no no connection to any to me or to anyone. I'm just roaming around the ceiling of the ICU, Kaiser Oakland Hospital, and no identity until the nurses are talking about the various patients. And they mentioned this guy in bed three, who's 30 years old, super healthy, no known history. You know, uh, we don't know what he's doing here. What do you know? And we don't know how he got here. You know, the doctor's coming in a little bit later to check him out. The expert from UCSF, that's the medical center. And, and I'm just watching. I, just, I think at some point I just roll, move my, move myself because I can move myself, my conscious. I, I look over at that body and I go, oh my gosh, that's, that's me, you know? And, and I, and, but that didn't really catch my attention for very long either. Like I just kind of remember saying, okay, that's me. But then I went around roving and that, cause I was much more curious about uh, being on the, on the 10th floor of the, in the ICU of Kaiser. I, mean, I just remember moving down the halls and just kind of checking things out and that was it. Uh, oh, the doctor came in. That's one other thing. This was interesting. So when the doctor came in, the hematologist, he approached me and, uh, or he approached my physical body. He tapped on my hand and said, Mr. Peters, Mr. Peters. And I remember that getting my attention. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But I didn't feel it. I was above my body and I was looking down at the top of his head and at my body. Uh, and, and then I had this question, well, do I answer him? Do I not answer him? What if I do answer him? What will happen? And I thought to myself, well, I'll just answer him and see what happens. And so I just said, yeah. So I was very slow. Yes. And as I said, yes, I started filling in my body energetically. It was a similar experience to being on that ski slope, you know, where all of a sudden the energy moved across my body and then I opened my eyes and then my whole perception, uh, my perception field changed in the sense that now I was looking up at the doctor from, as opposed to looking on top of his, uh, him from on top and seeing his crown. And that was that. You know, and then we had a conversation. So those are those are two early experiences uh, of of that really um, awakened me to these experiences of being out of body, uh, having a sense of self and consciousness that exists uh, independent of the physical body, and a whole host of other phenomena you've heard already. So now. To fast forward to the subject of my book and my research um, on the shared death experience. Well, when I went to work in hospice, I started having these experiences. And that is someone is dying and I would pop out of my body and I would be 
with them. This happened a few times, but one in particular, I actually, it was what I call my gateway experience into my own uh, shared death experience. I'm at the bedside of this gentleman, Ron, we'll call him, and the book is referred to as Ron, and he's dying. And but he's unresponsive. So he's been in what we call, you know, unresponsive, semi-comatose state. So but I was always reading to him stories. He loved these Jack London adventure stories. And so I would read to him these stories on a regular basis. And on this afternoon, I was reading to him. And once again, to be really clear, he was just almost like sleeping on the bed and looked at, to be at peace. And I found myself suspended above my body, looking down at my body. I was still reading. I didn't stop reading. And, and I could see myself reading. And I looked over at Ron in his bed, and he was prone, no changes. But then I looked to my right, and there's Ron. And Ron's got a big face. Now, it's not Ron's full body. He's got his big face. His eyes are open. He's smiling. He's, at, he's blissed out, as if to say to me, hey, you know, check this out, William. Check this out. So I feel like he kind of invited me there in a certain way. I can't explain how that happens. But this is this is kind of one of the shared death phenomena uh, where it's called the co-experienced out of body. Now, for your viewers, listeners who are familiar with the near-death experience, the, the out-of-body experience, OBE, is very well known and studied. In the shared death experience, it, it, it happens as well, but it's typically a, a co-experienced. In other words, you're typically with the dying or, um, yeah. And when we, I distinguish out-of-body experiences from, uh, from being in other heavenly realms or visionary realms. So this is the OBE in my, you know, in my definition happens right in the human realm, typically in the room or nearby where the dying exists. Uh, are, are where they exist and where they last existed, I guess is the way to say it. And then, uh, but when you go beyond that into another uh, realm, that, that then becomes uh, visionary heavenly realms. And yeah, so I hope that's a good introduction. I, I should say the definition of the shared death experience is this. Somebody dies and a loved one, caregiver, or bystander reports that they feel like they shared in the transition from this human existence into a benevolent afterlife with the dying. So they feel like they witness in this journey uh, with the dying. And that's a dominant motif is that there's a journey going on. There's the, the spirit, soul, consciousness, however you want to call it, of the dying begins this journey out of the physical body and begins moving into another dimension. And the shared death experiencer is able to participate in that, observe it, and, and, and see a lot of the phenomena uh, that, that presumably they're experiencing. And the phenomena are almost identical to the near-death experience, except the perception is from a different angle.